Welcome to a brand new season of the Chiefs Wire podcast. I'm Ed Easton Jr. On today's episode, I'll take you back to my conversation with Isaiah Pacheco heading into the 2023 draft as he talked about his expectations for this season and beyond. Also, I speak with Jeff Risden of Lions Wire as he breaks down the strengths of the Lions offense and defense heading into Thursday. But first, we'll provide you with the latest sound from Chiefs practice as players and coaches had playing a say at the podium. Yeah, rotations is a great word because uh, we'll use them all. Um, we're going to get guys in there and mix and match. And um, listen, this this group that we have, I'm not just talking about the D-line, but it's a great group to work with. I mean, they, they work. These guys work, and they're into it. And, you know, we got a bunch of guys that are cerebral, Nick and Drew and uh, the whole crew, guys on the back end. Hopefully we can play really good as a unit. Um, and our best players will play really good, and all our other guys will play really solid. I think this team can force you into making mistakes if you're undisciplined, especially with your eyes. And if we don't do that, it gives us a fighting chance. Because with the things they do do on offense, if you get, you know, if you go wandering or you're biting on something that's not there, they'll make you pay for it. Steve, we, that way. Steve we don't know how much you love blitzing. How much do you sort of appreciate the, the ability to do it when you don't have anything on tape with this collection of guys in an opening game? Yeah. Interesting question. <laughs> I'm, I'm as curious as you guys to see what we have and what we can do with the players we have. We've talked about this before in this room that sometimes it takes a quarter of the season to figure out how it's going to piece together what you have. We think we have things in to take advantage of, you know, what our guys do, but we'll see. You know, we didn't get a lot of snaps in the preseason, and we certainly obviously didn't do a lot of things uh, preseason-wise. So we're going off of practice, and hopefully we've prepared well and we can get some of those things run. I think last time we talked to you in here, the roster was still big. You hadn't made your cut patch yet. Chris wasn't here. We asked if he wasn't here. You had enough. He's not here now. Didn't look like he'd be here by Thursday to play. Do you have enough on your line to do what you guys need to do without him? Well, listen, I'm, I'm going to go back to this is what we really firmly believe. If we play as a, a unit, I mean 60, 65, 70 plays as a unit, not guys trying to do their own thing. If guys do what they're capable of doing, we, we can play good defense. We, we all believe that. Um, and then hopefully there's a couple of exceptional plays in there for us, <laughs> not the other way around. Um, and then, I, you know, then I think we will play well, good enough defense to win. But we'll find out. I, got a lot of, I lo- love working with them. Got a lot of, and these guys got a lot of confidence. We want to just go out. We get, the game can't get here soon enough. I mean, you guys could almost feel how long it's. It's taken, right, since the last preseason game. So we feel like you guys do. The cornerback position, now that you have LJ back, it's Trenton LJ. You guys are looking for that third cornerback. Will Joshua Williams get the first shot? Be, jo- Josh and Jalen will both be in and out of there, yeah. Just in a rotation. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, we're going to play. We'll, we'll play as many guys as we can. I, I kind of believe in early in the year getting as many guys out there. But we did that, if you guys remember, we did a little bit with Darius Harris last year because mm-hmm. um, Willie was with us early and then he had the – the games are down, but I think it's important to do because somewhere on, along the way here during the season we're going to get dinged. Guys are going to get hurt, and it'd be nice to know that guys that are going in have a little bit of solid background of playing some snaps. You're there, just routine wise. The routine is big. Uh, the players to know day to day, like what, what it looks like, and I think Coach does a great job of um, preparing for that by simulating it during training camp. You know, and the, this new week that you get off before. 
um, you get to the regular season is nice. And coaches use it different ways. Uh, the way we use it is to kind of simulate a, a game week of how it will go, just game planning purpose-wise. Uh, schedules, um, we don't change a whole lot. We stick to it. And I think that, that consistency for the players and coaches is nice. And now that we're truly in uh, a Thursday practice today, even though it's, I think, Monday, right? Um, uh, we, knowing that we play Thursday, uh, it's just our, it's our, our mindset right now, and we all stay on the same page. Yeah, for for me, um, having meeting Richie when he first got here and seeing him in OTAs, what he transferred to training camp um, and where he's at now is just a, a great knowledge of the offense, being in the right spot at the right time, and and so. As a quarterback um, or as a coach, when you have somebody like that, you trust them. And I think that's what – and then on top of that, he's very talented. You saw that in the preseason game with being able to go downfield, um, make great catches, et cetera. So he's got some veteran experience that he brings to that room as well. Matt, uh, you guys have seven wide receivers. Do you see a, a path realistically for all of those guys we, work? Yeah, we, we do. And, and it's not new to us. We've been working with them really um, – the since OTAs, you know, and you just want to see now when you have these guys, what are their strengths? You don't know until you draft or she what his strength. You, you think you know in college, but how do you transfer it to what we do offensively? And then how do we do what he does well, and 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 place that too? So now that we've got a better picture of what everybody does, whatever coach and Beach decide to do um, every week with the active wide receivers, we got to make sure we have a plan, like we said, we talked about before, contingency plan of how to use them. And um, <clears throat> we think we know, they think they know, but we won't know, no, until we start playing these games, for especially some of these young guys. With Rice, he, I mean, he dropped a number of passes mm-hmm. in the preseason. What's going on there? What, what are... uh, I don't know. I, that's, it's, not a, it's not a concern because we see what he does in practice with the, the great catches that he makes in practice. And I think sometimes when you get to those moments, and, yeah, they're big moments, you got to use it the right way, and so the support he had on the sideline from other teammates and players and from coaches just shows the trust we have. And he's going to make great plays this year. And it's, you know, if you start getting down on somebody or start worrying about um, the drops or this or that, it can become a bigger problem. And we're we're not concerned the least bit. We have a lot of trust in him. Chiefs' record in opening games and Patrick's stats in opening games are uncommonly good. There's some common denominators there. Yeah, um, that was brought brought to my attention um, just as we were, you know, talking about week one uh, uh, opponents, week one for for us and just our players in general. And that that, you know, he's doing he does he plays pretty well uh, week one, and he plays pretty well like every week. So, but week one in general, when you look at some of the numbers he's had and winning games and scoring points, um, you want him on your side and. Again, with Pat, is you look at somebody that in training camp OTAs, he's always locked in, but then you always feel, and I felt it last year, and I felt it again yesterday, is there's just that little tick more of knowing that you're now in quote-unquote game week, and it's, it's, uh, it becomes, like a, using quotes, uh, a little more real for, for all of us. Now it's here. You know, it's here. So now um, you feel it in the week of practice, and I was I was fortunate enough to feel last year uh, on game day how that is too before the game for him. You know, you just players like that go to different places, and it's fun to have on your side. How do you see that with him? How do I see it? Yeah, um, it's it's pretty easy to see because uh, the personality he has, um, you know, is somebody where 
he he has a lot of different um, ways that he handles meetings, ways that he's at practice. But then you know when it's game day or when it's game week, you just feel it. It doesn't take much to know. But the guys like that are with him every day that see it, how he is, um, you know, in meetings at night at training camp at eight o'clock at night versus game day at you know twelve o'clock one o'clock. You feel it, and it's different. And I don't. There's a lot of people like that, but his is just different. I'm not necessarily study other teams. Uh, I try to learn from uh, what we did last time when we were trying to repeat, obviously getting to the Super Bowl um, and losing. But uh, just trying to learn from that stuff, take the positives, and uh, learn from uh, what we didn't do that to get us that second championship in that year. So uh, uh, definitely looking at that, but not necessarily other teams. Yeah, I think just just not being satisfied with with getting wins or you're having some early success. Uh, you have to keep building. I think you learn that a lot in the NFL is you might have a, a great start to the season, but as the season goes on, you have to keep building or other teams are going to catch you. And you want to be the best team at the end of the season just as much as you want to be the best team at the beginning. Patrick, if you remember uh, this time last year, you were talking about the wide receivers and you said, hey, fantasy players are going to hate us because we're, there's going to be a different guy each mm-hmm. week. How do you feel, looking at this year's group, how do you feel about that? I mean, are you ready to say that kind of thing again about this year's group? Yeah, I mean, you just add two more receivers to it. Um, we, I mean, we have a lot of talented receivers. Um, a lot of them can do a lot of things, um, and we're going to try to use that to our advantage, uh, mo- moving guys around, giving guys opportunity to make plays. Um, and that receiving room is taking pride with being a, a room that can go out there and excel no matter who is the guy getting the football. Coach said that practice over the last couple of days. I just wonder from your perspective how he looks and how much of a, is it a positive that he could be available for Thursday's game. Yeah, I mean, obviously a positive. I mean, the talent that he has, uh, the competitor that he is, um, to be able to go out there um, and, and have that, that weapon, uh, would, it would definitely be a huge positive. Uh, he's done a great job in the, the practices that he's been in so far, and I'm, I'm looking forward to him continue to step up and be even better and be more like his normal self, which, I mean, honestly, going out there the first day and uh, first few days and seeing him, he looks like KT, and so uh, I'm excited for that. Uh, he put a lot of time in that rehab process so that he can get himself ready, uh, hopefully, to play in this first week. Patrick, when you looked at uh, what Detroit brings defensively coming off of last year and then what they've uh, garnered over the uh, last season, what challenges have you seen on film that they present to you all? Yeah, I mean, I mean, the obvious thing is they play, they play hard. Like they play hard the entire game. No matter if it's a good play, bad play, they're gonna come back that next snap and and play extremely hard. Um, and then they do a lot of great stuff scheme wise. Um, they had a lot of young guys playing last year. You could see even throughout the season how they grew and got better and better. Um, and then they added talent. I mean, they had uh, Sutton from the, the Steelers. They had uh, Gardner Johnson. Obviously, I played him a couple times. Great football player. Um, and so they they've added talent uh, with young guys and veterans. Um, and they play hard and they got better even last year. So uh, we know it's going to be a, it's going to be a, a heck of a football game, and if we don't play our best football, uh, we're not going to go out there and win. Watching training camp and preseason practice, it seems like you have a boosted rapport with Sky just year to year. What, where have you seen him maybe grow that you didn't see him as a rookie last year? Yeah, I think he just got more comfortable within the offense. Um, it's a hard offense to learn. We threw a lot at him. Uh, we wanted because he had to play a lot of different spots last year, and I thought he got more and more comfortable as the season went on. Um, and then obviously coming into the OTAs and into training camp. Um, it was even at another level. Um, and so uh, I'm excited for him to showcase kind of the where he's at. I mean, he's, he's always been talented, but how comfortable he is within the offense, uh, getting more opportunity. Uh, I'm excited for him to go out there and show everybody kind of what I've been seeing. What stands out when you see Jared Goff's team? Yeah, I mean, he's a great football player. I mean, um, no matter if it was at the Rams or last year with the Lions, I mean, he's always put up stats. He's always won games. 
Um, and and that, that takes something. I mean, be able to win a game whenever everything not, might not be going perfect. Um, you have to have a, something inside of you that, that says, like, I can go out there and find a way to win. And um, he's done that his entire career. Obviously, talented thrower, a big guy um, that can go around and make, make a lot of big-time throws. Um, but he's, he's won everywhere he's been. So I know it's going to be a, a great challenge for us. What do you remember from that Rams-Chiefs, the 50-point game going back and forth? Any memories from that one? Yeah, like, like I said, it was another game where, I mean, even though there's a lot of points where not everything went great for either side of the ball, and uh, we, all, we all battled, and they ended up coming, up, coming out on top. And so uh, uh, what I remember is I think I had like four or five turnovers. So I had two fumbles, three picks. So that, that's what I remember from that game. Everybody talks about the numbers and the stats, but that's what kind of lost the game. So that will stick with me for a while. Patrick, how, you've been doing this for a while. How difficult is it to prepare for week one? Because I'm sure you can go back and study last year's tape, but – do you see a lot more wrinkles week one, week two that are a little harder to prepare for since you don't know what they've worked on the offseason? Yeah, I think especially with this coordinator with Glenn, I mean, um, he, he does a lot of different stuff. He's very game plan specific. So even throughout the season, it would be a little bit more wrinkles and stuff like that. But he does, you can tell when he has time to study the team, um, he has a good job of scheming them up and putting out uh, different coverages that they might not have shown before that he thinks will work against the team he's playing. And so – uh, we have to have a good understanding of that. Obviously, we want to start fast, um, but being being able to recognize the wrinkles as fast as we can on the sideline, make those adjustments, um, and, and continue to play. I mean, it's going to be it's going to be a fight. I, I've said that to all the guys is that this this team's coming in and and they expect to win and we expect to win. So that's when you get the great football uh, great football games. Hey, Isaiah, it's Ed from uh, USA Today's Chiefs Wire. How you doing? Doing great. All right, thank you for taking the time to speak with us, and uh, I'm just going to jump right into it. Um, just uh, give me your thoughts on just uh, being a speaker during the USAA Salute to Service event in Kansas City. All right, so I'm, I'm, I want to start at first. I'm glad me and Derek Johnson are teaming up today to speak to the veterans that serve this country. I want to thank them for their service because without them, what they did, I wouldn't be able to do what I do today. Uh, definitely. And, you know, we're obviously, um, this is such a great event and how you guys are able to work with them and just put the message out there even more. And um, you were just saying, like, you know, you, you're working with Derek Johnson and he is a, a Chiefs legend. Um, have you had a chance to connect with any other Chiefs legend, um, legends during your time uh, so far in Kansas City? No, sir. I have not been able to yet. Okay, uh, not a problem. And uh, obviously, this is a huge draft weekend. And uh, only a year ago, uh, you were in this situation where you were uh, waiting for your name to be called. Um, what do you remember most about the day you were drafted? It was a big day for me one year ago. The same moment. Because all my family and friends, my grandparents and my teachers, you know, we're all waiting on that one moment to hear my name get called. And it was, it, what made it even better, it was, towards the end? <laughs> sounds, it sounds bad, but it sounds pretty, pretty cool at the end. Last one, and then, you know the story. No, definitely. Uh, definitely understand that. And uh, just the whole, you know, thing going in, going in the seventh round, did you use that as fuel for your uh, rookie season? Yes, sir. I used that as fuel going into the seventh round. Always had the chip on my shoulder. Why so late, or why? Why you know the position I was in, but I didn't question it. You know, I just kept my head down and and, and I blocked out 
the negative energy and stuck to the script and stayed on task. And that was finding the edge to, 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 to compete against the, the older guys and picking their brains so they could teach me the business side of the program. I definitely understand that. And, uh, you know, I just got to ask because um, it, it just seems like, and, you know, we've always written articles about rookies coming in. And uh, last year, just every article we wrote about you, there was so much support on social media from, from it seems like the state of New Jersey, um, everybody from Rutgers. Uh, how impactful has the support from Rutgers and, and just the state of New Jersey been so far in your career? Everything that you hope and you wish to have. For me, for me, I'm very blessed and thankful to have the whole New Jersey supporting me because not only that, we just played against the Philadelphia Eagles. So me, I was growing up as a Philadelphia Eagles fan. So I had to put my pride to the side and lock in on my job to understand my why and, and who who's behind me. I didn't want to come back to New Jersey not with a championship to hear the Eagles fans. <laughs> I definitely, I definitely understand you on that one. So that kind of leads into my next question. Uh, after the Super Bowl, you know, you get, you win a Super Bowl in your first season. Uh, what is your mindset heading into year two? That mindset heading into year two is is to to get as healthy as I can to be able to 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 compete the whole season to allow me to. To give myself a chance to be able to play at my highest performance. Definitely hear that. And I just got one more question for you. Now we noticed, like when you when you scored your touchdown in the Super Bowl, you had a, a dance. You've had some creative dances, touchdown dances. Who do you believe is the best touchdown dance celebrator on the team? Is it you or Travis Kelsey? Because uh, this is always a debate on our uh, on our website. Uh. I gotta go with me. I'm 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 gonna tell Trav too when I see him. I gotta go with me. He might got me on the stanky leg, but with all the Jersey Club, he'll not a Jersey Club. So I'm gonna go with me. <laughs> <laughs> I respect it. I respect it, Isaiah. Thank you again for your time, man. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you for having me on, sir. Thank you. <laughs> Hey, Jeff, thank you for taking the time to speak with us today. I just had to get your thoughts on what Lions' strengths on offense and defense, as well as your prediction heading into Thursday's game. Lions' offensive players to watch for this game. Uh, Got to start with Jared Goff. Pro Bowl quarterback last year, deserving Pro Bowl quarterback. Very in command and in control of Ben Johnson's fairly elaborate and creatively aggressive offensive scheme. He's accurate, he's sharp, he's very good at finding the best option, both pre-snap and post-snap. If the coverage winds up looking a little bit different after the snap than than what Goff expected pre-snap, he got a lot better last season, a lot more comfortable in checking down, buying a little bit of time for himself behind one of the, the league's best offensive lines in pass protection, and finding the correct option. The best option, when all things being equal is Amon Ross St. Brown, one of the best young receivers in the game. 
primarily works out of the slot, though he can do some things outside. He's kind of a supercharged Jarvis Landry, if uh, if you're familiar with, with Juice's game. He is a guy that he just gets open. He's got very polished footwork, you know, route running, uh, hands. Uh, he famously catches 202 passes off the jugs machine after every single practice. Often does so uh, without a shirt on. He's uh, he is a uh, just a dedicated warrior who's really really effective. Working in the middle of the field, working the intermediate range, he can break that first tackle pretty reliably. He doesn't wow you with his speed. But he's just so sharp and good at what he does. And uh, he and Goff have a very good connection. They have a good innate trust for one another. Uh, and when things break down, that, that tends to be where Goff looks. We are all curious, as Lions fans, how the two rookies offensive players are going to look. And that's running back Jameer Gibbs, the first rounder, number 12 overall, and then second rounder Sam Laporta, the tight end from Iowa. They're both going to play extensively and be big parts of the passing game. And I think that's where Jameer Gibbs is going to make his biggest impact, at least early on, is as a receiving target out of the backfield and possibly in the slot. They're going to, they move him around a lot. You're going to see you're going to see him possibly get as many receptions or targets as as he does carries out of the backfield. Because David Montgomery is a pretty good running back. Uh, he will be the the quote unquote bell cow who gets a lot of the carries. But Gibbs Gibbs is a weapon, and they use him in a, in a bunch of different ways to. to Sort of dictate or exploit matchups that are that either he creates or uh, the offense creates for him, and uh, I think uh, I think that we're get, we're curious how much usage they're going to get. Laporta very good after the catch, and I think that's something you know we liked T.J. Hawkinson a lot in Lions. That we wish him well in Minnesota, but one of the things that T.J. Hawkinson was known for was as soon as he caught the ball, he hit the turf, like did not break tackle. Sam Laporta. Very consistently, he did this in, in practices. He did it in the joint practices that we had against the Giants and the the Jaguars, and did it in, in the little preseason action he saw. He makes that first guy miss, and if your safeties can't tackle, if your linebackers can't tackle in space, he is going to be a big problem. So uh, I'm, I'm curious how that that matchup works out for both sides of the equation because I do like what what Kansas City has on defense uh, on the back end, probably more than most people do. Defensively, Aiden Hutchinson, I mean, the number two overall pick in the 2022 draft, had an impressive, impactful rookie season. We're looking for bigger and better things from him in his second season. He uh, was the runner-up uh, in Defensive Rookie of the Year to Sauce Gardner. There's no shame in losing the Sauce. The guy's incredible. I think you're looking at a double-digit sack guy, but also a guy who's going to create havoc with uh, with his ability to work inside, outside, he stands up, he puts a hand in the dirt, he's, he's a, he can move to either side of the formation. And the Lions have a pretty deep group of pass rushers, and he, he's the alpha dog of that group. But uh, don't, don't sleep on Charles Harris. Uh, don't sleep on James Houston coming off the bench and, and being a pass rush specialist on third downs. He has the, the sort of speed and closing ability uh, to, to create problems for Patrick Mahomes. Uh, if, if Mahomes tries to run, Houston is a guy that can catch him from behind, and there's not many guys that can do that. So uh, he will probably play a, a bit of a key role, even though he doesn't play a whole lot. Uh, I do expect him to make a little bit of an impact. And then C.J. Gardner-Johnson and Cam Sutton, the two big offseason additions. Sutton is CB1. He will be – so he is not a shutdown corner per se, but he's really good at limiting damage, at being a team player. He, he's very smart. Uh, you might remember from his days in Pittsburgh. 
very good player. Doesn't give up big plays. Doesn't make mistakes. Um, again, not not necessarily a lockdown guy, but a really good, effective corner. C.J. Gardner Johnson was a guy that the Lions specifically targeted, and they needed. He will play some slot. He will play some free safety. He will play some box safety. You might even see him line up outside on a play or two. But his big thing is the attitude he brings to this defense. He is an agitator. He's a provocateur. He's a trash talker. He's swagger. The Lions haven't had that since Darius Slay, and they have missed it. And it has been a very welcome addition. Aside from the fact that he's a pretty darn good, versatile football player uh, and and great at, at doing a lot of the things that the Lions really need him to do on defense, and with Kelsey likely being out, I'm going to say that as, as I record this, but uh, at 6 a.m. On, on Wednesday morning, it sounds like he's going to be out with the, the hyperextended knee. He was a guy that, you know, the Kelsey-CJ-GJ matchup was something that, that a lot of us were spotlighting as, as one of the keys to the game. With him out, I wonder what the Lions are going to do with CJ-GJ. Um, no offense to Noah Gray and, and the Belldozer, but they're not Kelsey. And uh, I wonder what the Lions will do if they will be allowed to be more creative with what they do with them. So those are some of the things that I'm watching for uh, on defense. As for who wins the game, I have insisted all offseason to Lions fans who are very bullish on the team, and rightfully so, and I am too, the opening in Kansas City, you know, they've won, what, 16 games in a row against NFC opponents. Andy Reid, with time to prepare for an opponent, is lethal as a head coach. I thought the six-and-a-half-point spread that was out there was a little little high. Uh, I thought the Lions would, would comfortably cover that, that it was going to be a four- or five-point game. Now, no Chris Jones, likely no Kelsey. Lions are coming in fairly full strength, uh, knock on wood, that, you know, the they're not going to be missing anybody of importance to the team uh, other than the suspended Jamison Williams who caught one pass last year. So, you know, they're used to playing without him. I think the Lions can win this game, but I am not picking against the Chiefs on a night where they're, you know, celebrating a home game as a Super Bowl champ. So I, I think it's going to be close. I think uh, I do think that the Lions have a – there's an iffy situation at kicker. They had sort of an unresolved kicking battle this offseason. Riley Patterson does not have range to make the, the long long game-winning field goal, and I think I think the Chiefs can, can take advantage of that and, and eke out a win 26-23, 28-24, somewhere in that range. That's what I think is going to happen. I want to take the time to thank everybody for tuning in to today's episode. Please follow us on X at The Chiefs Wire for your latest updates on news and everything going on with the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm Ed Easton Jr. Until next time.